102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you will need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. Use them. You can also follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It's at Jeff Ward Show. You can send your comments via Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. And that's just to make the show better. I'll ask that you not suck, that you get straight to the point. It's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, which, of course, some plenty of people have pointed out. Where was the podcast the last few days? The podcast is in the same place with other fried computers nearby. So I apologize about that, but hopefully soon we'll be uploading. We've got plenty of material for a few days. We just haven't been able to upload it since we were hacked for crypto and nude photos of Ed Clements, which have never surfaced for some weird reason. So check it out. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, new podcast will drop soon. It's... Uh, the Jeff Ward Show, you can find it wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. There's plenty there. Yes, you could point out, hey, Jeff, haven't seen that in a few days either. Right, it's in the same dark hole with the podcast for the past few days. So there's that. Man, I'm getting tired of it. Uh, I'm getting tired of the Deion Sanders stuff. Uh, you probably are too. Deion Sanders has made the football world uncomfortable again. I like it. I liked it this past summer. I liked it from the very beginning. It's an industry that desperately needed Deion Sanders. It is now an industry that's the industry of professional college football, which is dumb, dumb, st stiff, stuck in the old days. Um, it really, really needed him. And now the industry that is professional college football doesn't know how to handle it. And it just gets more... It's interesting to a point, and then it gets ridiculous. So this time, he's responded. He's handled himself well, to be honest. I think he's been the adult in the room, and the rest of the college football world has not. This time, he's been far more cryptic. So this one I can turn around back on all of you. You can decide what he meant. You can take it any number of directions. You can decide if you would like, if you agree. I don't know that I do, but I don't know that I'm right about this. I do know that I'm right, that he was, when I said it, he was good for the business to disrupt it. But his cryptic message has started a whole other conversation, which is okay. So the backdrop to this, because there's a lot to it. I'm not sure my industry is handling this all that well. Uh, the backdrop is the head coach of Oregon, Oregon beat up on Colorado easily, 42-6 over the weekend. It wasn't that close. Colorado never have a chance. They weren't in the game. They're going to lose a bunch more. They're going to lose this coming weekend. They're going to lose a few more. The real storyline football-wise with Colorado is trying to find wins the rest of the way. And they'll get a few. They will. But the head coach of Oregon went all in at a halftime speech I thought was ridiculous. It's now, of course, producing other reactions. So if you haven't heard it, this is the head coach of Oregon ranting pregame before Oregon beats the snot out of Colorado. Rooted in substance. 
not flash, rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass, right? It's gonna be played on the grass. I know you're going to say, well, Jeff, Jeff, okay, okay, we know this. Okay, so now he's answered why he went there. Um, if, if you like that speech, I think you're a goofball. Um, I think it's self-serving. I think it is lame. I think it is unnecessary. I think it is selfish as all get out. Okay? But he's now explained what he really meant, and he's done a miserable job of it. Uh, what he said was... Um, hey, look, I'm just trying to give my team an edge. Um, I we do. I give speeches, whatever we need to do to win. That's what I do. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just motivating our players was his exact quote. Uh, my job is to get them motivated. My job is to win. He also said he faked a punt during the game, went for two at least one time, maybe twice, because that's just, quote, what he does. That's his answer to all of this. It's BS, but that's his answer, and you can interpret that however you want. That's cool. Then Deion Sanders did something weird. Now, this is not, listen, the man has been in the brightest spotlight for 30-plus years. I No, 35 years. I mean, there's nobody that understands the limelight more than Deion Sanders. So this guy is, he's well aware of everything he says. He is well aware of everything going on around him. There is nobody in the football business at any level that is more aware of the spotlight than Deion Sanders. The guy's been a rock star since he was 19. He knows. Got it? So then he... I assume intentionally, because I don't think anything he does or says is by accident, which is cool. Then he said, when asked about the coach, he complimented Oregon. He owned that they got their ass kicked. He said all the right things after the game. He did exactly what you should do is just get in your lane, own it, and move on. He did it. Then, of course, because he is the story of the day, it is clicks for everybody. Uh, He's the biggest star in football today any level so he was asked again about the speech and then he said this which was cryptic and do this whatever you want he said you know why they all come at me personally we all know why they attack me you know exactly why end quote huh wait what now that, of course, has set my industry on its head because everybody likes to talk about him. And it's, uh, you know, he's, a social, he's become a social issue. It takes the game away from the tackling and the blocking and all the nerdy stuff. And it takes it to another level that the average person wants to get involved in a talk show, especially if it involves race. Do you think that's what he meant? You all know why they come at me personally. We know why they attack me. I don't. He didn't say it. Was it cryptic? What did he mean by that? What do you think he meant by that? Every word, every news conference, every step, limp in his case because he doesn't have toes or something, but every step the guy takes is news. Everything is viral. Every, it, it's all about him. He is the biggest star going right now, so nothing is accidental. 
So you can say, what's the big deal? I don't think he meant anything. Or you could say, I could easily understand how you would say that's very cryptic, Jeff. We know where he's going. I don't know. Where is he going? Is he implying that it's racial? I think a lot of people think that. Um, he's a guy that I think smartly has said early on, we are black America's team, which was brilliant. Um, and I can explain why I think that has upset the entire industry. But he's implying that it's racial. If you want to think that, go ahead. I think he might be. Uh, you can think he meant something else. Weigh in on that. That's cool, too. Now, about the race part of this, if you think that's what the cryptic message was, uh, I have an opinion. That's all we have because he didn't say anything exactly, which is rare for him. He's pretty clear. Um, I don't buy that if that's what he's saying. I don't. Um, and I know that's not what people want to hear, but I, I, I don't buy that. I will give Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, and other coaches the benefit and say, in my opinion, I don't think the we're coming at him, Dan Lanning's speech was not about his football team. It was about Deion Sanders. Dan Lanning's speech was not about his football team. It was about him, just like most coaches are self-serving narcissists. He didn't give a speech to get his team ready. He gave a speech to go viral because his industry feels disrupted by Deion Sanders. Now, Deion Sanders may or may not have implied that was racial. In my opinion, it's not. I believe it's something else. If you want to believe something else, you're certainly entitled to that. So why did he go there when he said, my job is to motivate my players, uh, you know, blah, 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 faking punts. That's just stupid. Um, listen, um, coaches hate the fact, that industry hates the fact that he's disrupting their industry. The coach faked a punt and went for two to show up Deion Sanders to beat them as badly as he could. You know why I think that, and I feel pretty comfortable saying that? He knew he had the better team. Anyone who knows anything about the game knows that he had the better team. Vegas knows exactly what it's doing. He wanted to rub it in. When you're better, when you're better than the other team, you know what you don't need to do and shouldn't do? You don't need to fake punts and run trick plays. That's lame. That's lame. You know why it's lame? Because you save that stuff when you might need it. You don't need anything when you run over the other guy. It was clearly an effort to blow out Deion Sanders. And I can keep saying Deion Sanders because the coach's speech was about Deion Sanders. It wasn't about Colorado. It wasn't about his team, his industry. He felt like, I'm going to carry the flag for my industry to roll this guy up and I'll do it. That's what I think. And I'm happy to argue it. It was Dan Lanning's speech, Dan Lanning's fake kicks, Dan Lanning's going for two, Dan Lanning's throwing late in the game was all about him and his industry of overpowerful, narcissistic coaches. These dudes run the campus. No one touches them. And he feels this bunker mentality that this guy is showing us up. Nobody is motivated. No player is motivated by other coaches. You know who's motivated by other coaches? Coaches. Players are motivated by, guess what? Those of you that's in sales, you know this. They're motivated by what benefits them. 
Dan Lanning's speech was about him and his industry, and that's it. Dan Lanning and most coaches are afraid because Deion Sanders, let me tell you the many ways he has disrupted their industry, an industry that hates disruption. It can't, it can't function a disruption. It wants it just the way coaches want it. The stupid system that exists today is because that's what coaches want. The lack of a playoff today is because what coaches want. Their Taj Mahal on a campus is because what coaches want. Because university presidents don't touch them. They have no bosses. They have no management. They run the place until they don't win. As long as they're winning, no one touches them. So that's what he doesn't like. He doesn't like that they have to change. He doesn't like to have. And let me tell you why Deion Sanders disrupted the industry. Number one, he walked in and just ran off half his team, if not more. They don't operate that way. They don't want to do that. They don't like doing that. He completely flipped the roster and turned it into free agency. They weren't comfortable with that. They're not comfortable with his style. They're not comfortable with the fact that he didn't spend his year coaching from junior high to high school to college to more college to more college. He didn't, quote, work his way up. He didn't come through it like everyone else. He's media savvy, unlike everyone else. He's just a disruptor. Now, if you want to say it's racial, you want to say it's more, go ahead. Go ahead. So when you're winning, you're untouchable as a coach. And that is a problem. The reason why the college football is so bad in so many ways is because these coaches have far too much power. The NFL doesn't operate that way. The coach has very little power. It's a talent industry. College football is almost a dictatorship. It's like, the, it's, like, it's like a Trump world, and everyone else just has to live in it while they're winning. When they don't win, they get paid and go away. So they operate in a bubble. Um, they think what they do is so hard and so important. It's not. It's not that tough. Um, they hate change. Uh, like the players, they just live in this bubble, and they think nobody understands them, and nobody understands how tough their world is, and nobody can get inside their world because you just don't get it. You don't understand how hard this is. So when Deion Sanders comes along and he overhauls everything, he's, he's transparent as hell. They don't like it. He's public. He is a publicity expert, and they hate it because they're not. They're angry. They're bitter. They want to just grunt at everyone. He's different, and the industry has been turned on its head. They hate the disruption. I don't think it's racial. I don't. Um, I think it's really just about that he disrupted it. Now, how my business handles this, um, they're going to start losing regularly, so it'll just fade, which I'm not sure is such a bad thing. Uh, he might even at some level prefer that it fade a little bit because it's just getting to be too much, I think. Um, but he really has tapped into what coaches fear, um, and that is here's a guy that owned that he appeals to young black men. The industry is built on young black men. It's an industry you can argue takes advantage of young black men, and they don't really want that disrupted. And he is on his way to being, as he said, we are black America's football team in an industry that is predominantly young black men. That's got to be terrifying for those who are saying, oh, my gosh, I got to sell against him to a 17-year-old? Great. 
Here comes, this is Keyshawn Johnson on, I don't know if he's on with Skip Bayless. I don't know what he's on. He's on Fox Sports. And I'm not quite sure how he ended up here, except I think he thinks the Dan Lanning thing has started something bigger and more sinister. This is his first year at the Power Five level. This is his first year. The three and one. We, we can't sit up here and act like it's all doomed, it's over with, they'll never win another game. That's not true. They played against an Oregon team that is better. There's a better yeah. football yeah. team. Bo Nix played. You mentioned Bo Nix played well. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you were talking about the, the, the jealousy and the way picking yeah. these coaches and how Deion got there. This is interesting you said that. I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted to let, let you finish. So I spoke to somebody in the coaching fraternity right after the game. And they know some people that coach at Oregon. And they was telling me, they said, man, I've never heard from another assistant coach of how much information was being given to that staff Uh about, no, I'm just, I'm being real with it, about game planning against Colorado so they can beat them. Everybody that stacking. everybody was stacked. They was everybody stacking. That, yeah. that, that's the reality of it. I ain't making this up. No. I ain't gonna disclose no names, but y'all know who I'm talking it, about it, if you watch it. So, right you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I. I, I don't. Um, I'm not sure what he's talking about exactly. It usually helps if you kind of elaborate. That's really good to do in a talk show, maybe to the point, but. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the implication is probably true that that industry is terrified of him and wants to beat him every way humanly possible. So he doesn't he's not able to sell against him. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I don't know that it's awful. I know they are. I don't even know if jealous is the right word. Maybe so. Obsessed with it is probably true. They're obsessed with. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm stiff, I'm stuck, I'm all too powerful, and this guy is turning it upside down. I need to really kick his ass and run him out of here. So, bottom line is, everything is about him. Uh, I think it's a disservice to players. I think most of what coaches do is a disservice to players. I think, uh, you know, look, if you got paid eight or ten million bucks, you'd you'd be selfish too, I guess. Uh, but most of the industry is is about bureaucrats and coaches and it's not all that much about players. And I think that's exactly what that speech was. And I think what Keyshawn Johnson is talking about is not because the Oregon players really needed to beat Colorado. They got him every day. They could play him in the parking lot and beat him by 60 points. It's not tough. When you can't block and tackle the other guy, you lose. And you lose badly. It's real simple. There didn't need to be some elaborate scouting report. Um, so... To his point, if it is true that everyone around is trying to share as much information just to get them, that's not about players. That's about coaches, and that's about coaches not being comfortable with Deion Sanders. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah, I forgot we don't have any rejoiners, which means it's just dead silent, and then the talk show host not talking makes it even worse. Uh, okay. Let me set this up with some data I was just looking at. You do know that I'm not, what's the right word for my level of knowledge of pop culture? Complete ignorance, would that be, would that be about right? Clueless, you want to try that one? Okay. Uh, the Chiefs 
the, the Kansas City Chiefs Chicago's Bear, Bears game on Sunday was an absolute blowout. The Bears suck. Suck more than usual, which is pretty hard to do. The Chiefs blew them out. I think it was 31, they had 31 points in the first half. They, they could have named the score. Not going to talk about that. It is now the highest-rated NFL game of this year, and I'm waiting to look and see if it is the highest NFL-rated game of the past five years among different demographic groups. The NFL, just sort of a media lesson here, um, the NFL is so lucrative because it draws giant numbers in an industry that can no longer draw giant numbers, okay, especially among men. TV is made for women. Fight me all you want. The data just backs it up. If you ever want to know the science of media, just take a look at the ads, listen to the ads, you'll know. Uh, so the science of media is nothing is more, nothing is better if you need to sell beer, trucks, ED, more beer, more ED, financial services, more ED. Um, let's see, I, I guess mobile stuff uh you get the idea right because it's just nfl games generate huge numbers of men 18 plus it's hard to reach men that are younger unless you're selling ads in porn it's tough to reach young men in traditional media okay that's a setup the chiefs bears game is now the highest rated game of this year by far and maybe the past five years among women aged 12 to 49, women age, teenagers age 12 to 17, these are all female demographics, typically the female numbers are not that big. This game, the numbers were off the charts among women, because they just, you know, were really interested in how the Bears offense was working, correct? Maybe you were curious if, I don't know, if the Chiefs would cover, maybe you had, uh, you know, like some obscure tight end in your fantasy league. I mean, I'm sure there was some very specific reason that this game was drawing off the charts female numbers. Okay, so the demographics are 12 to 49, girls 12 to 17. I can tell you right now, you can look at the ads, usually that audience is not too big for an NFL game. In fact, it's non-existent. Not this one. Women 18 to 34, huge numbers, have not been seen anything close so far this year. And women 18 to 49. Why would I mention this? Oh. Duh. All right, look, I'm not... I don't know much about pop culture, and you know, I don't really care. I, mean, I can't help it. It's a liability, I know. It's an issue. So, I'm clueless. I can't name a Taylor Swift song. I never will be able to, and I'm never even going to try. I'm not bragging about that. It's just a reality. Um, I'm also, this will shock you too, I'm also usually slightly skeptical and cynical about some stuff. A little skeptical and cynical, admittedly, about relationships. Seem to be too convenient. I just am. Stuff doesn't add up. I, I'm not a black helicopter guy when it comes to, uh, you know, Anthony Fauci or something, but I'm, I'm open to it. But when it comes to pop culture and celebrity status, I'm very much black helicopter. I don't think anything's real.
And I'm such an expert, right? <laughs> Ooh, Jeff's opinion on this really matters. I will tell you what you should never do in a talk show. Everyone pretends to know everything, of course. I'm going to tell you I have no freaking idea what I'm talking about. But I'm going in. You know what? It's too convenient. It's just too convenient. The two of them, the numbers are too convenient. They're both seemingly in the business of eyeballs. And guess what else? Shirt purchases. So Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Now I'm reading that she may have snuck out of a skybox during the... Did I mention it was the most women that have ever watched an NFL game? Most teenage girls ever to watch an NFL game? How the hell did you girls know? No wonder my daughter's clicking through there watching that. Wait, what's going on? This game sucks. Apparently she left the skybox in a popcorn machine. I've just read... That's what she does. Yeah. Ah, it's convenient. It's all convenient. It just doesn't seem to add up until and unless you start to think about it as a merger. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm skeptical. Yes, I'm cynical. I don't buy that it's love at all. And now that I'm reading the data and what's happened with the shirt sales, I'm fairly convinced now that this is not, not made in heaven. Could I be wrong? Sure. You can talk trash on me all day long if they get married and have some really athletic kids with a lot of money. All right. Um, it doesn't add up. Here's why. Here's my argument. Am I, di- am I in de- Could I be denying that they're in love? Yes, absolutely. Am I so jaded that I can't see this as anything other than a convenient publicity stunt? Yes, I believe it's too easy. How can I say this? Okay, here's my argument. Um, I'd love to. I, I would love to fight with someone about this. I just don't know if I have enough ammo to fight with you. But there's this. He's the NFL's greatest publicity seeker of today. There is no player as good at it who enjoys it as much as Travis Kelsey. Watch a game. He's everywhere and he's good at it I mean I I think he's kind of an airhead but whatever he is constantly seeking out whatever a man is if there's a term overexposed he's overexposed 10x in my opinion but I will say this for him it doesn't slow him down like there's a lot of players a lot of people that could say you know, I, I don't. I, you know, I don't want to go there. It's just it's going to get in the way of me working. It doesn't bother him at all. He is the second or third greatest tight end of all time. He's still great, and he's still overexposed, and it doesn't affect him at all. So I'm not saying it in a negative way because it doesn't affect his play. I mean, it, the guy's still great, so it doesn't get in the way. Then there's all this stuff. So yeah, yeah, I'm alleging that this is all set up. It's just it just works too nicely. It does. So okay, so the ratings among women and teenage girls are the highest they've been. How you knew? I don't know. I don't know how that works. But you know, and then again, I'm lucky to have three tweets in a week. So the female numbers drive to it. Then I find out his jersey sales. 
in less than one day went up 400%. Well, but Jeff, what do you mean, but Jeff? They beat the Bears by 30 points. I think he had, how many, he had one touchdown catch. I think he had three catches on the day. That's, that's nothing for him. In less than 24 hours, his jersey sales went up 400%. As of now, they're probably up 1,200%. Okay, how about this? I joked about what he was wearing. He was wearing pajamas. Now, apparently, they're very expensive pajamas. I think the guy dresses like he's 19. He dresses like he's 19 and works in a food court. But I just found this out today. They left, so he shows up in this outfit, this matching, looks like giant curtains. I thought he was wearing pajamas, but apparently he's wearing from some Brooklyn-based designer something, a new creation called bedroom painting. I think it looks like your grandmother's curtains, but this guy can pull it off, obviously. Um, Then I find out. This was like far more reading about anything pop culture than I've done in six years, probably. And I'm still a tip of the iceberg compared to most people. But, okay, so jersey sales are up. Uh, Numbers among teenagers up dramatically. Numbers among soccer moms up off the charts. Um, And maybe guys that drink Chardonnay. I don't know. But all of a sudden, people are watching that don't normally watch. And all of a sudden, people are buying jerseys that don't normally buy jerseys. And by the way, he's modeling an outfit. I don't know if this is how he always dresses. Maybe it is. Um, But it's called Bedroom Painting. On the company's website, they, of course, it's selling like crazy. I don't know who the hell you are that would buy this. Let me give you something. You're not Travis Kelsey, so settle down. Dress like a dude, Okay. That's it. You're not Travis Kelsey. But on the company's website, they updated the outfit to say 1989 Brooklyn painting. And I thought, well, that's lame. I don't... What? Well, I keep reading. Again, more than I've ever known in my life. Her latest album is called 1989. Just saying. Just saying it's all too convenient. But Jeff... What if they love each other? Shut up. No, they don't. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. Is it that big of a deal? Not really. Is it cool that the two of them are so enterprising? I guess so. They both are. You know, I normally like to say media whore, but I don't think that's very nice in this case. So, But you get the implication. They're both very much into publicity. She's in the publicity business. She's really good at it. Seems to be. That's her business. His is the football business, but his side hustle is publicity. They hit a home run. They hit a merchandising home run. The video, okay, so they leave together. And I don't believe anything is accidental. I don't. I'm sorry. But they leave together in some um, classic car, I don't know, what a convertible, whatever. The video, seemingly just shot by somebody standing on the side of the road, right, has been viewed 12 million times. (laughs) 12 million times. Uh, Do I care if they date? No, I don't. I could care less. Um, But I'm not buying its love. It's too convenient. It's too convenient. Um, I'm not going to accuse him of hurting his skill set. I'm not accusing... I'm not going to accuse him because the dude can pull it off. The guy can do commercials all day long. He can host SNL. He can wear goofy clothes. He can do every podcast you can think of. I, I just... 
it doesn't slow him down. So if I'm Andy Reid, I don't care. You just keep catching passes and running away from dudes, and we're good. And he'll keep doing it. He can. I mean, this dude can balance it. I'm just saying, come on. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, teenage girls are watching meaningless NFL games. Are you kidding me? All of a sudden, the bedroom painting outfit is flying off the website of the designer when he changed the name to 1989 Brooklyn Painting. Jersey sales of Travis Kelsey on a routine day for Travis Kelsey go up 400%. Yep, I'm the jerk. I don't buy that it's love. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. See, there was silence for just a second after the smoking voice, but I does now learn you got to jump in there, Jeff. So Ed sings back into breaks, if you haven't noticed that. Uh, I'm not going to go there. All right, uh, on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, I'm looking forward to the book, by the way, about Elon Musk. Uh, the guy, Walter Isaacson, not to nerd out because I love business books, but Walter Isaacson, I believe, is the one who wrote the books, one or two, about Steve Jobs. Um. Yeah, that's just funny because I think, remember, I ask the question all the time, if you have this scale, you got you know, you got innovator, then you got huckster on one end, right? You got uh, grifter on one end, you got innovator on the other. You know, where do people put Steve Jobs? And I think I don't know anyone that, very many people that put him on the grifter side, the huckster side, Trump-like side, and then you put him on innovator side. Where does Elon Musk fit on that? I just find that it's kind of a moving scale for Elon Musk. Um. Some of the tweets uh, at Jeff Ward show. Here we go. Um, <laughs> a lot of you are proud of my uh, pop culture references and all my knowledge. The fact that I knew the Taylor Swift Adam album was, what is it, 90, 1998? Yeah, that. Uh, at Jeff Ward show. As of right now, any product that Kelsey promotes is going to go viral. Dang crazy Swifties. Jeff, you should take your shot with Taylor. Then your podcast would jump to number one if things work out. They'll number one if things don't work out. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask for, you know, I used to say, a lot of you have to go back a long time. Remember when Oprah Winfrey was the, in my opinion, was the Pied Piper of American women? Like, um... Trump is now the Pied Piper of rural redneck America. Follow him whatever and do whatever. I used to say that Oprah Winfrey would do the same thing. And I said, I will. You're going to the Four Seasons on me for a weekend. If you get Oprah Winfrey for just one minute on the Jeff Ward show. That's it. Right now, I'm going to I'm going to turn this around. Okay, you get any of you anywhere. You get Taylor Swift, I need 100 seconds. Just 100 seconds. I have no idea what I'm going to say, and I don't care. If I can just say that she's there, it's all I need. Wait, how long does it take for an actual download to count? Um, is it a minute? Two minutes, maybe. I need Taylor Swift for 120 seconds, and you're going to the Four Seasons. Got it? Deal. The Ward family will thank you. Because whatever, you just, I don't think she showed up by accident. Come on, man. Really? Um, at Jeff Horcho, have you seen the video of the Colorado players pregame at Oregon? I have, where they were stepping on the duck or something. 
At least Oregon doesn't have a real duck. Uh, at Jeff Ward Show, Taylor and Kelsey will have athletic children who could also sing. I can see it now. The offspring of Taylor and Kelsey will be playing in the Super Bowl and performing at halftime. Cha-ching. Would anyone like to bet some wine on whether these two have children together? Are we really going to do this? Um, I'm not, with all of my expertise, I'm not giving this relationship much of a chance, except to make money for the two of them. And the NFL. You know who's loving this? The NFL. They don't care if you're not sure. What happened on Sunday? Anyone watching football day on Sunday? What do you think happened? Taylor Swift's jumping up and down next to some other people in Chiefs jerseys. That was the only highlight anybody knows about. And it hasn't stopped, man. The NFL's loving it. All of a sudden, Chardonnay drinkers are watching football. Hey, can sell some spots there. So, if Deion Sanders is gold for the college game, uh, Taylor Swift is gold for any game. Uh, at Jeff Ford Show, I think Dion is getting exactly what he wants. More attention and on the front of every sports website, very Trumpish-like behavior. Um, I mean, I guess in some ways. Uh, I'm going to give Deion Sanders far more credit than Trump, but yeah, I mean, it is. Same thing. They're both, uh, they're both very aware and very comfortable. They both want to be stars. Okay, if that's what you mean. Um, I think Deion Sanders is a good football coach, though. I do. I don't think this is an accident. Um, so I think Trump is completely uncomfortable unless people are worshiping him. I don't know that Deion Sanders needs that. I think it just follows him because he's been that much of a rock star since he was 19. I don't have a problem with what Deion Sanders has done this season. I, I like it. I do. I think he's handled stuff pretty well. It's more outrageous than what I like, but I'd be thrilled if I were Colorado. I think the more, in fact, I'll tell you something else. It's a weird thought. Um, I don't know who's going to make a run at him to hire him away. I don't think the NFL does. I don't. Um, I, I don't think he's a good fit for the NFL. I, re, I, I really don't. I think he said that. I think he knows exactly what he likes to do. And that is he likes to dictate the terms. In the NFL, you don't dictate terms. In the NFL, you live by the roster. You die by the roster and injuries. Ask the Jets. Um, but in a weird way, I'm wondering if Colorado doesn't, weird thought here, doesn't benefit slightly by them losing five or six. And they will. In other words, Enough people gang up on him. Enough of these coaches in the coaching industry gang up on him and, and talk trash about him. The more I'm wondering if he doesn't want to stay at Colorado and prove his point. Would he want the money? Sure. Does he need the money far less than others? Um, and, you know, he can make the money easily. I'm just wondering in a, in a, in a weird way if this doesn't, if it doesn't push him to stay at Colorado to say, I told you, I picked this program up off the mat. As he said on Sunday or Saturday, get me while you can. I'd like that if I were Colorado. I would think that this is, may push him to stay to prove a point, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, at Jeff Ford Show, found Ed's nudes on 4chan. Well, yeah, okay. Thanks for letting us know. Everybody go to 4chan. Um, at Jeff Ford Show, where's the podcast? Shut up. Trying, man. It's all contained. It's all saved. 
We just have this giant, uh, not giants, we have this small problem that we can't upload anything because Ed's nude photos in crypto was hacked. That's where. But thank you for checking. Sorry. It's, it's going to be like 75 episodes at one time, right? It's going to be, it's going to be a seven-hour listen. Uh, I love this guy. He's also good for the coaching business. His name is Mike McDaniel. He coaches the Dolphins. I don't know that he's ever played football. I think he looks like if you see Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, and you hear Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, you think, oh, man, I ran into that guy in a coffee shop in uh, East Austin this past weekend. Or you saw him at some uh, craft beer place or saw him on a scooter. That's Mike McDaniel, and he is... <laughs> you know, for every time you think of Mike McCarthy, Mike might not be dumb, but he sounds dumb. He just looks and sounds like some... You remember... Uh, what's the guy who played Norm on Cheers? Remember he used to do that SNL bit on Mike Ditka? That's kind of what Mike McCarthy is. He's like a spoof of Midwest coaches. Mike McDaniel's the opposite of that. Um, I actually get, I get more sleep um, now than I did uh, in, in my past endeavors. Um, it's partially because I, it didn't matter. I, I would, I mean, I used to be able to, uh, really push it from game day to almost Wednesday without showering. Now that would be obvious. Um, I can't hide. So, uh, and, and then, uh, so that you prioritize that. And then, you know, that's not, that's something that I knew, um, had to be adjusted, you know, from the moment that I was assembling uh, the coaching staff. Something very quick to end on, kill, kiss, or marry your coaching tree. Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVeigh. Uh, I'll start with Matt. I'll kiss him because he's uh, <laughs> most endearing. Um, the eyebrows? Yeah. I would, I would marry um, Kyle because I've spent the most time with him. So I should marry him, and I would kill Sean because he just was the last team that I played, and he beat me. Safe to assume you evaluated Justin Fields ahead of the 2021 draft? One could assume that safely. How would you say he's grown from that time to now? Well, uh, he's, I think he's two inches taller. And then Chris <laughs> walks in. He's like, hey, so I just got a call from the Chiefs talking about Tyree Kill, and I'm like, what? So I'm like... Uh, this is why I'm not a GM. I'm like, tell them they can have everything. <laughs> you know? um, I do the same thing. But then once I once I did that, I was like, well, this is pretty irresponsible. I better check the t like. Cause, hmm. Are you sending me? Should I have an announcement? Well, we're not going to say show sound. Oh, oh. Um, I uh, I think tomorrow. Who's there's a birthday tomorrow. I just read it. There's a player's birthday. Um, I should announce that. Um, I should announce that my wife went to the grocery store, which is exciting because I'm a big snack time guy. Um, then, uh, no, uh, outside of that, oh, I would like to announce that I'm very excited for practice, as you guys should be, because it's an opportunity for, um, for both sides of the ball to respond to things that they weren't happy with the previous day. I think maybe he was referring to like the rotation of fighters. Oh, and <laughs> you know, whew. um, 
No, since you can't hear him, he's there's a camera on us right now. Since you can't hear him, he's he's telling me how excited he is, and uh, that there's no other coach you'd rather play for in the entire world. Which I thought was nice, since it was the first time I've really talked to him. <laughs> I just think um, would it be crazy? Like it's Friday, the game's on Sunday, and just hear me out on this. Let's, <laughs> what if? We talked about, for the first time all week, the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> no? Maybe later. Uh, <laughs> I remember when Colton McKivitz was drafted, uh, the front office saying that he got um, the rare gold helmet uh, status uh, you know, before the draft. I'm just wondering whether you've kind of seen that manifest itself in, in him and, and how he's practiced and how he uh, handled himself in that week 18 game. That's that's good intel. Are you in our draft room? Do you have a nanny cam? No, he um... <laughs> spoke to uh, Justin Fields on the side. It seemed like the he idea. said... The guy is just, he's a ball. piece of work. His speech... I don't know what kind of speech you give after you beat somebody by 70. I mean, uh, he's obviously really, you know where he coached before. He was the play caller for San Francisco. Okay, so the dude knows the game. It just proves to you that football, you don't have to be some great player to be able to coach. The guy gets it. Um, and people just just love him. He's the, he's the ultimate hipster. His speech. <laughs> so after they beat the Broncos by 70 points or whatever, his speech after the game was, sounded just like that. He goes, oh, man. He goes, you guys were good today. He goes, uh, but I guess our focus is improving. And that was about it. It's it just, if you have enough good players, and you know how, to, as, as all of you know in management, right? You cultivate talent, and you get the hell out of the way. And you turn them loose. You have to yell at people and get in their face. The guy is symbol talent, puts them in the right spot, and then he gets out of the way and jokes about it. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.